are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to the post game show. It's your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. And on behalf of Locked On Eagles and Eagles fans everywhere, we welcome you early to the NFC playoffs. Gino, the Eagles, after a 34 to 10 win against the New York Giants, now currently hold the seventh seed. In the NFC with the Minnesota Vikings losing to the Los Angeles Rams, the Eagles have now won six of their last eight games, and it feels good to see them not in the hunt anymore, but back in a playoff spot. They've got two more games to go, but this was just another step closer to potentially making the playoffs now in four of the last five seasons. And in the same way, Lou, they're doing it where they have to win out in these last four 2018 games. 2018 and 2019 all over again. One half of the way there, folks. They've won two of those games. They have a potential with a few things to go their way to clinch the playoffs next week. But right now, Lou, it's in their hands. Yep. And how they responded after that first half, I tweeted it out. Imagine if this team started hot. They could put up a boatload of points it each and every week. Ten, it probably should have been 54 to 10 if we're being <laughs> honest. Yeah. It, they could have put up a 50-burger if they put up any semblance of offense in that first half. And I was getting a little frustrated, I would say. Not so Rightfully much so. upset, more frustrated that they were doing exactly what they did in that last Giants matchup because that was the opposite game plan of what they had to do. And I said that to Patricia on the crossover show, that whatever they did in that first game in the Meadowlands, they had to do the complete opposite of today. And it took them a half. But, Lou, when they got things going again, throw out what, what went wrong before halftime. After halftime, the adjustments they made in terms yep. of their offense, their defense was already playing exceptional football. And then the special teams helped you out a little bit. Jake Elliott missed a field goal today too, Lou. So that's another three points that they missed mm -hmm. out on. This team could have blew the doors off of this Giants team yes. more than they already did today. Yeah, and they did eventually outscoring the Giants 31-7 to in that second half. Uh, but yeah, Gino, I mean, this is the second week in a row against a bad team with a bad quarterback that the Eagles kind of walked out of the gate uh, sleepwalking. Yeah, I mean, that's just... Yeah. I mean, only three points for the offense in the first half and the special teams, they got better in the second half, but you know that they nearly fumbled away the first kickoff, a fumble from Kenny Gainwell, your boy, JJ Ortega Whiteside saved the day there. And uh, as you mentioned, the fake or the missed field goal from Jake Elliott, um, the offense again, just really slow in the passing game, but the defense held strong and they held the Giants to only three points in that first half. So, Gino, obviously great to see. I mean, hats off to Nick Sirianni. It's a testament to him having this team adjust consistently throughout the year in the second half. I mean, what's it, like a plus 60 now point differential for the Birds in the second half? They have a better um, point differential yeah. than the number one seeded right. Green Bay Packers. Right? Exactly. So that's a testament to Sirianni having this team always be able to adjust and bounce back and be ready to go. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the next two weeks against Washington, much healthier than you saw them on Tuesday night against the Dallas Cowboys, potentially week 18, still playing their starters. You definitely have to start faster. You have to. And that's the thing is you can't play around and wait against better teams, especially not against the health of Washington, 
Washington team who knows what they have to play for as well. They have an outside shot. If they could beat the Eagles, that would help them out in terms of tiebreakers. So when it came out of the last week, if they were in a position where they had the same record, they could go to like the fifth or sixth tiebreaker at that point right. because they would be tied at one and one. But right now, Lou, like I said, if they start out hot, they are a team that when they are going in the right direction, they're playing top-notch football on offense. And then on defense, Lou, they are buzzing at a level that I haven't seen them play at all season until the last month or so. And since that Denver game, I think they've been on the money. The guys have been everywhere. The defensive yeah. front is playing strong football. You saw that today. It was evident they were all over Jake Fromm and Mike Clennon. On the back end, they're continually just – lambasting these receivers and Darius Slay, man, I don't think you are going to complete a pass against this guy at any point for the rest of the year. It is seriously one of the yeah. most impressive seasons I've seen from a cornerback. And then you got good play from Rodney McLeod stepping up, Marcus Epps, Avante Maddox, and your linebackers, Lou. They yes. look like they're playing the best ball all year. A pick six from Alex Singleton. There was a lot of role players on defense that stepped up today. I thought Milton Williams mm -hmm. uh, had a sack today. That was great. Really good again against the run. I tweeted out, didn't love that draft pick during the draft, but he really looks like somebody that's going to be a good player for the Eagles mm -hmm. up front, an explosive, versatile interior defensive lineman. Uh, Gino, how about Jannard Avery, too? I thought today was all over the field, looked yes, really explosive, you know, pass rushing, but also on the second level, making open field tackles. Yeah, just overall, this defense, it was very, very similar to the last Giants game. This time, the offense and special teams rebounded, but the defense, again, just, mm -hmm. I, I want to see Jonathan Gannon keep this philosophy next year when they start playing better quarterbacks again and we'll see if they make the playoffs, what he does when they play perhaps an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a Kyler Murray. But I love that he knows how bad these quarterbacks are the defense is going up against, and they're going after him, especially on third down. I love to see the aggressiveness continue on third down with the blitzes, and they're letting their corners make plays, and that's what Darius Slay and Avanti uh, Maddox are doing. And as you mentioned, McLeod, overall in the defense, just an incredible performance from all three levels. And I think starting out with your Gennard Avery point, it's a yeah. testament to kind of – it kind of encircles like what Jonathan Gannon has been trying to do. Gennard Avery, a guy who came in, was playing multiple different positions, and then Jonathan Gannon, much like Seriani said, I'm going to put these guys in a position to succeed. For the first half of the season, we didn't really see it. But now you see a guy like Gennard Avery, who's your seventh best rush – linemen right now you could yeah. say with the rotation that they have the emergence of teron jackson and milton williams as well when that guy is playing exceptional football it'll allow the guys up top like fletcher cox and javon hargrave and josh sweat to play even better and i think you saw that that when the middle of the pack is playing well that only rises what the guys up top are going yeah. to do and it really is that rising tide lifts all boats mentality right now with what jonathan gannon has these guys doing because he's playing more man philosophies outside with Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, which allows that coverage to be better. And then the front can get there, and it's all coming to a head right now. And to do it against these bad quarterbacks is great, because you don't want to see them hang around in games. That's what bad defenses do. That's what bad football teams do. You could say that your defense currently is doing what a good football team should do, and they've done that for a month plus. And if they're going to win in the playoffs, Luke, beating some of these better quarterbacks, it's going to have to come at the hands of a top-notch defensive performance where you yeah. are 
without turnovering them, getting interceptions, getting fumbles, taking the ball away from the opposing offense, getting in the face of the quarterback, making it difficult for top receivers to make plays. And a guy like Darius Slayton, who's given the Eagles headaches in the past, was silenced most of that game today. Same with Saquon. They took away their playmakers and did exactly what a winning Mm -hmm. defense should do today. Yeah, I think personnel-wise for the future, the Eagles still have a lot of work at linebacker and safety. But, you know, one thing when you see – Fletcher Cox playing as good as he is right now and Javon Hargrave and Josh Sweat had an incredible performance today and you know we mentioned Milton Williams and Jannard Avery the Eagles pass rush is kind of back to where we've been used to seeing it over the last five years but the one difference is you know the Eagles have a couple building blocks on defense that will always keep you in it when you have a great pass rush that can get there with four and you have a true CB1 with Darius Slay in-house that gives you a chance on defense pretty much every week. And that's been the recipe. And Gino, um, to wrap up on defense, like Fletcher Cox, um, you know, there was that article this week by the Philadelphia Inquirer that talked about his future. And there were the rumors about him potentially being traded after a slow start to the season before the deadline. But the way he's been playing the last now, I don't know, six, seven weeks at this point, I don't want him going anywhere. Fletcher Cox right now is on fire and he looked like it again tonight. I think it comes down to more. The whole defense was playing bad in that first half of the season. I really don't think what I just mentioned where Jonathan Gannon was saying, I'm going to put these guys in the best position to succeed. He really wasn't doing that in the first half. And you could go back and watch the tape. Look at all these zone principles that they were implying on the back end in the first seven days. Well, it was when they were playing good quarterbacks and they were too scared to play the way they're doing it right now. But now if you play the way you are against good quarterbacks, I think you are going to find success. And that recipe is going – I I really do, Luke, because I think that type of football translates. When you can sit back and these guys can play confident – I saw a great quote that uh, said, when guys are good in the scheme and they don't have to think – it allows them to play more aggressive and play with more mm. confidence, which right. I think is where they are now. They're not having to sit back and think, okay, I got to have this this route matchup against zone where who am I taking? Am I ta- taking the deep third? How are we running this invert cover two? What are we doing? It's no, we're going to go up, jam the guy at the line, play man-to-man football, and allow our front four to go do what they did. They didn't blitz too much today, Luke. It was the front four hitting home. Yeah. Once again, and we saw that last week, that was the recipe for success. Maybe that's how you're going to win moving forward. Stay away from the blitz. Let the guys on the back end play man and let them fly around on the back end because when they fly around, Lou, they get to the football in a way which we haven't seen in multiple seasons. They are creating turnovers at a fantastic level here in these last couple weeks. We'll get into the Jekyll and Hyde performance from the offense uh, coming up in segment two. The Eagles take it 34 to 10 against the New York Giants. They are now over 500 for the first time since week one at eight and seven, and they are currently the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs. Guys, we'll be right back. Beating a division rival is one of those sweet things. Opening gifts on whatever holiday you celebrate is also very sweet, but so are built bars. Built bars are my favorite and lose favorite protein bar on the market and not only are they great not only are they delicious they're healthy as well there's so many flavors that you could choose from you got cherry barcia you got the coconut brownie which is one of the best out there you have their marshmallow puffers, which are fantastic for anybody who likes they 
they almost taste like those favorite Tootsie Rolls, the ones mm-hmm. that came in like the vanilla and the lemon flavors back in the day. They're that good. And you're not going to feel guilty when you have them. They're low in carbs, low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein. What more could you want from your protein bar? You go online today, go to built.com or builtbar.com. They will both direct you to the site where you could get your hands on some delicious built bars by using the promo code LOCKED15. It is the winter season. Things are getting a little chilly. You're going to cuddle up with a nice cup of hot cocoa while you're watching some movies by the fire. Take a built bar, dip it in that hot cocoa, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the great tasting built bars. This is the Lockdown Eagles post game show. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. Guys, also make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. We're talking about the NFL playoffs because the Eagles are in the seventh seed right now in the NFC after the win today against the Giants and the loss from the Minnesota Vikings against the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, Gino, again, they overcame a slow offensive start in the first half, only three points from Jalen Hurts in the offense, but then they exploded outscoring the Giants 31 to seven in the second half. And I'm, I'm glad to see them overcome the exact same problems they had against the Giants a month ago. It felt so similar to where, mm-hmm. you know, the Giants defense had this blueprint of playing very aggressive on first down, stacking the box, blitzing Hurts from all different areas, fastening that mental clock, right? Getting him uncomfortable, taking away the run game. And then when it was, you know, second and seven or more, third and six plus, they kind of backed things up and made it tougher to, you know, navigate space for Hurts as a passer. And that a month ago really killed them. And it looked like it was doing that again in the first half. So that's something they definitely need to work on more. You know, a lot of people were complaining about Sirianni needing to run more. And while I agree, because that's the blueprint short term to succeed at the same time in those second and third and seven plus situations, Jalen and this offense have to be better. They have to be able to succeed in those Mm -hmm. situations and in the red zone too, like between the 20 and 10, uh, just too inconsistent. So it was good to see, though, they bounced back in the second half from those early issues. I really thought that this game kind of encompassed Jalen Hurts yeah. in as a metaphor. In the good and the bad, right? It was yes. everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you saw the first half of his game almost felt like that first half of the season mm-hmm. where his mental clock is just very fast. He's, he's falling susceptible to yeah. that aggressive nature. Hats off to the Giants for going with that game plan, which really – made him think a lot early on, made him throw that silly interception early on once again, and he fumbled. It literally started the exact same way as that. He missed the Dallas Goddard wide open touchdown. I mean, the vision still is too inconsistent this late in the year for me too. But then in the second half, Lou, it was the embodiment of his second half of the season. He was Mm -hmm. patient in the pocket. I thought a great example of that one over route to Devontae Smith where he was just running, and it just took time for that route to develop. And you just saw him come open with three seconds after the ball was snapped, and he's wide open. A couple months ago, he would have ran. You know, He got right up to the line of scrimmage Mm -hmm. and found Smith. It was last week the same thing with the sideline grab from Devontae. Hertz has definitely improved in that area. As well as the one point that we brought up about giving his receivers a chance to make plays. We look at Mm -hmm. that Dallas Goddard grab on Tuesday over Jeremy Reeves. Then you look at that Quez Watkins throw, catch and throw today. Where and he the Devontae one down the right sideline. Yes, where they went up and just made a play 
over their defender. You could yeah. say, yeah, Jalen underthrew the ball, but I'd rather have that play than a check down, which we saw early on in this half, where on that one touchdown where Goddard was – or non-touchdown where Goddard was yeah. wide open, his eyes were looking short of the sticks, almost a Sam Bradford-esque way to play. Yeah, When his eyes are downfield, Lou, and he keeps his vision – in that area where his receivers are, which he should, he makes plays. And mm-hmm. he was patient in the second half. He didn't take off. I thought, one, when he stepped up into a dirty pocket and instead of taking off, he saw Jordan Howard was like six yards down the field, gets it over to him over the middle, and Jordan yeah. Howard leg drives for four yards, and they pick up a first down. Jalen, early in the year, maybe even a couple of weeks ago, was taking off. In that exact scenario. And when you trust your guys and when you just play quarterback, it's a lot easier to succeed than when you're Mm -hmm. trying to force things that worked in college, but they're not going to work in the NFL. Play that NFL style where patience is key, where keeping your eyes downfield will bring you success and Mm -hmm. allow your receivers to go up and make plays. And that's how they've won the last couple weeks. And I'm going to continue with this method as long as it is putting up 25-plus points per game. Yeah, and they put up 30-plus yet again today. And I don't think Hurts is Sam Bradford where he doesn't – he likes no, to make plays. Saying, no, 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 I, I know what you, I know what you, I'm, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah. But I think there is a tendency at times for Hurts to get rid of the ball too. It's kind of the opposite of Carson Wentz's issues where I think Hurts sometimes is too into just making the safe, positive play. Right. And oftentimes like that play where Goddard's open in the right corner of the end zone, he's like – Let's just get the positive play. Yeah. Quez Watkins, you Instead know, he's coming over the middle. Yep. But it was, yeah, it was good to see him in the second half settle in and give his receivers chances. And there needs to be, me and you've been calling for it uh, with Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. When they get the ball, good things happen. I mean, how many times this year has Quez Watkins made that kind of play where Hurts just throws it up one-on-one and he comes down with the football? And the same with Devontae Smith. Smith today looked really good for the Eagles. Five catches for 80 yards. That touchdown along the sideline. Do you know it should be illegal to be as good along the sidelines as Devontae Smith is? It was really fun to see him back involved a lot in this offense. Same with Quez Watkins. You just, I want those guys to get more opportunities because things like today can happen. And against a good secondary, the Giants have, you know, Xavier McKinney's having a good year. They've got yeah. Logan Ryan back there, James Bradbury. That's not a pushover secondary. No, they made Jalen Jalen Hurts' life hell a couple weeks ago. They were all over him, picking the ball off, flying around, making it tough for those receivers. But then today, I mean, I think our receivers and – you have to throw Jalen Rager in there as well. Yeah, had he helped change the momentum early in the second half. He was hearing booze all game, as mm-hmm. he should have, and he silenced them with that punt return. That was great to see. And I give that hats off to Nick Sariani on that too because he's just like, I don't care what any of these fans are booing at. I'm going to trust the guy and keep his confidence at least a little bit high enough to start making plays. And Lou, you can kind of see that look on his face change throughout the game. Like after that pump return, he had that just mean mug look on his face where he felt confident. And I think these receivers now, they're young. They're going out there, flying around. This is a type of offense we wanted to succeed in it, it, it to see happen and see succeed through this manner where you can pass and you can run because you have a guy like Devontae Smith who is one of the best receivers right now in football. With how he is playing, with his ability to go out there and win one-on-one matchups against anybody, to make the catches he does on the sidelines, to go up and get those 50-50 balls, to block as well as he does. Let me tell you somebody who's not making that catch in the end zone, Lou. 
His name is Micah Parsons. You know why? Because he's not an offensive skill player, which his team knew they had to take at 10, and they picked the right Alabama wide receiver, the best of the four, Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner, the future Hall of Famer. I'm calling that shot now. If he continues Jeez. this trajectory, Lou, he's going <laughs> to well, yeah, if he looks as- if he yeah. looks this good his rookie year where he still can pass 1,000 yards for the first rookie receiver to do that since Hulu? Uh, since Deshaun. No, not Deshaun. Jack- Jeremy Macklin, right? Jeremy if I'm Mac- not mistaken. Are, we, are you saying as a rookie or just in general? Or a 1,000-yard season in general. It's been oh, yeah. seven it's, years. It was seven yeah, years ago, I mean, Macklin in 2014. A rookie season, you have to go back either farther than that. I was going to say, you stumped yeah. me there. I'm like, ah, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, no, but, or no, but it's just, never happened because Jackson has the uh, record at 9-12, which Smith yeah, is going to exactly. break. Yep. Smith's going to break it. Yeah, Dude, he's going to break it, and this is the guy that we have needed. We had Elshon, who played well in his time here. We had role players in their time here. But when's the last time we looked to the boundary and said, yeah. that guy's going to go beat his man every single play? Terrell Owens. It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a long quite time. some time. And yeah. I'm just happy to have number six on this team, man, because no matter who you have at quarterback, no matter who you have running the football, just to know that you have a guy that when you need to throw is going to make a play for you. And to see guys that have come in here that we thought we're going to be the game changers and do what Devontae has done. We finally are getting it mm. in our hands and seeing it week to week. It's a yeah. beautiful thing, and I think we just need to sit back and take in the performance that he's having. That guy's like Darius Slay, Fletcher Cox, our offensive line. Lou, when they put that Santa hat on Lane Johnson today, I was thinking this is one of the most fun times I've had as an Eagles fan these last couple weeks when and they're and playing well. And yeah, like and they seems that way. Yeah, we've compared this playoff run to 2018 and 2019, but I think the one difference is, is that this is a longer stretch where they've been really playing good football. Mm-hmm. Like they've won six of their last eight. The Eagles in 2019 had to run the table the last month. The Eagles in 2018 had to win their final three games. But like mm-hmm. this team has been far more consistent, and this is the most fun this team is having since 2017 because in those two seasons after, you could feel the pressure after the title yeah. win of meeting those expectations where now they're kind of back to being the underdog, and um, they're really riding with that. And they put the Santa hat on Lane Johnson – Gino because he caught a touchdown. I mean, that just shows how much this offense was clicking. Nick Sirianni just pulling all these tricks out of his hat. And uh, Wayne Johnson, the first offensive lineman to score a touchdown for the Eagles since 2010, it was Todd Harriman. So, yeah, everybody getting involved in the action today. Uh, Gino, before we take a break, just to wrap things up with Jalen Hurts, I was happy to see him bounce back. And these numbers perfectly reflect that. Like in the first quarter – Again, it's concerning. Like when they were leaning on his arm, he wasn't coming through, and that makes me concerned. He was three for 10, only 11 yards in a 39.6 pass rating in the first quarter. But in the second and third quarter, he was 12 for 16, 173 yards, one touchdown, a 130.9 pass rating. That's the one thing I love about Jalen Hurts is he's so even keel and consistent that he doesn't get too high or too low, and that really allows for a player that when he's struggling can bounce back in a lot of different situations. And like you said, that is what he did today. Yeah, it's almost like he is in that middle ground between his floor and the ceiling at Mm -hmm. any given time. Like, even though he does get low, his highs are going to boost up that average. It's like when you score bad on a test, you're like, all right, I got to do even better on that next one. And it kind of seems to be that way when he comes out poor in games. He knows that. And he, I, I feel like he does press a little knowing that he has to make up for that, but he does it in a smart way. 
like where Carson would just get into his feels almost a little too much and just start forcing the football. Like Jalen does that early on, but then he's like, why am I forcing it? Why am I making it difficult when he sits back and lets things go? Well, that's the thing I like about him is he doesn't snowball. It doesn't snowball with him. Like exactly. Does that mean, does that not mean he's in like, he is inconsistent wildly. So, but yeah, you don't see like some players when they're off, they're off. And I don't think you're getting them back. But Jalen, again, it's that mentality he has, I think, mm-hmm. that, you know, that Bama culture that really keeps him even keeled. Yeah, and it's just that next play mentality that don't yeah. eat the rat poison, as Nick Saban would say. Like, right. don't let your lows get too low and don't let your highs get too high. He does mm-hmm. it in a very good way that keeps this team in contention, even when early on he makes mistakes. And I like to see that from a quarterback, one, because he's holding himself accountable even during the game when he knew that things weren't going his way, and three for ten, Lou, that's not great in the first half. And I'm sure it wasn't an easy conversation to have in the locker room against at halftime. But you know what? He went out there, made the adjustments, and it's not just flashes from Jalen anymore. Like you're seeing consistent play for stretches of games, which is good. Like today, that Jalen Rager throw, Oh. Where he hit him in the honey. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. The, the two, the two high where the safety covered the top, the corner comes underneath, and it was perfectly timed. And they did that last week too. That is a throw that you can look at that checks so many boxes. Just patience and letting the route develop. Just the football understanding to know the timing has to be there. The ability and the arm strength to fit it in there, the trust in your wide receiver, it just goes to show that he's not just trying to make athletic plays. He's making smart quarterback-type plays, Lou. And I think we've seen this evolution once again. And I want to ask you before we finish up on Jalen Hurts, Mm -hmm. what what was your favorite throw from him today? Yeah, I think it was the honey hole throw. I was about to mention that because the timing could not have been more perfect. If he's a second late there, half a second late, half a second early, that ball's getting batted down or picked. And so that Mm -hmm. does show the progression he's making. Like, I don't think Jalen Hurts in early 2021 or 2020 is making that throw. And so while I'm still not happy with the inconsistencies and this late into his second year, there's still issues that, yeah, I'm like, this should be farther along. But that doesn't mean, again, we've said this before on the show, it's like, He's not taking huge dramatic steps as some second-year quarterbacks would, but you feel like each week he has been taking more steps forward. And considering mm-hmm. the upside with him, uh, you do, you know, when it comes to mobility and explosive plays, it, it definitely makes it hard on this team. Like he's not totally convincing them one way or the other yet, and he's making it very intriguing. And this playoff run is helping him a lot because he's playing some good football uh, over the last couple weeks. How do the Eagles become a playoff contender, though, to an official playoff team over these final two weeks. Gino and I will take a look at the playoff picture after this 40, uh, 34 to 10 win against the Giants coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their website or you. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus from basketball to football, 
NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Guys, this is the post-game show. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. This is Locked on Eagles. We thank you for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. We're recapping a, another blowout 34-10 win for the Eagles against the Giants. They're 8-7 and seven now on the year. And Gino, they are in the playoffs right now. They've got two more games to go, but they are the seventh seed with the Rams beating the Vikings. Um, how are you feeling heading into these tougher matchups against Washington and Dallas? at eight and seven, I'm pretty confident. I mean, now the Eagles control their path. If they win these two games, they're in. Nick Sariani in his post-game press conference just gave Howie Roseman some credit for building the offensive line and the defensive line as well as they have been this year. Revisiting our preseason discussions, we knew that these trenches could take them far into the season. Correct. Yep. We never bought into that. They could be bottom five team picking in the top five in the NFL draft simply because of how good they are in the trenches. A game where they do strap, uh, snap a streak of not rushing for 175 yards, well, they still got 130 yards on the ground, once again surpassing that 100-yard threshold, which just seems that we're just moving fi- the, the field goal marker here for the Eagles' r- rushing success. Well, like 100 so yards. I know, yeah. no, I know. But I'm saying like any other team, you're saying a 100-yard day is huge. Right. The Eagles are 100-yard day like that. Blink of an eye, you know they're going to have 100 yards on the ground. As long as Jalen Hurts protects the football, the run game plays the way they have been, and the defense is able to get turnovers and fly around, which they have been in the last month and a half, this team has a chance to to make some noise in in the playoffs. Who knows what team that they're going to get if it's Tampa. Maybe they play Dallas for a third time this season. I'm not saying that they could – necessarily go out there on the road and upset one of those teams, but it's not going to be a walk in the park for whatever team that they go against because you're going to get your hands on a mauling offensive line, a defensive line that's going to make it difficult for your quarterback, two cornerbacks and uh, a safety right now who are flying around the football on Avante Maddox, Darius Slay, and Rodney McLeod. Your linebackers are playing better. When you look at all the moving parts on this team and you're putting up 30-plus points on offense. Mm-hmm. Who says a hungry dog can't run faster once again, Lou? I, yeah, I don't I mean, know what to say. I, I'm just They continue to prove wrong time and time again. I was sitting here thinking seven wins is, is the top of what we could do this year. We're talking about being the seventh seed. Here we are, yeah. Lou. So I like their chances. I mean, do I think they're going to win both these games in clinch? I'm not sure. But even if they don't, Gino, if they, let's say they split between Washington and Dallas, all they need is Minnesota to lose one game and Mm -hmm. they play the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. And then you need the Saints just to lose one more, pretty much. I mean, that's the most realistic scenario. The other teams, I really don't get to me. It feels like it's a two and a half man race at this point because the Saints, I'm not sure with Ian Book playing tomorrow night against Miami. I think they're going to be done. So to me, it's between the Eagles and Vikings as it was in 2018. And after that Rams loss today, I just, I can't see Minnesota running the table and the Eagles losing both. I just, I don't know. I mean, to me, the way the Eagles are playing right now, do they have some work to do? Yeah. They, like we said earlier in the show, they have to start faster. Miles Sanders got hurt today with a hand injury. We don't know the severity of that. Jordan Howard also went to the locker room in the second half. Their blueprint is running the football. 
So there's some things to look at this week and to work on for sure and to monitor. But uh, it, look, again, they've won six of their last eight. And as you said, these the strengths of this team bode very well for their chances of getting in short-term success and making the playoffs. And so uh, it's exciting. And I like their chances of playing into January this year. It's cool to see that, uh, you know, me and you, again, we had expectations. We thought they could be a 7-10 to 10 win football team, but – I like you thought they were more closer. They're going to be closer to six or seven wins and they've exceeded my expectations for sure. I wasn't like a basement dweller type of guy with the birds, but um, I think they're better than I thought too. I do too. And we're not saying that this is a complete football team by any stretch of the imagination. Are they more complete than you and I had expected prior to this season? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think we've shocked a lot of our own fans, a lot of people around the national football league and take that as a win. Because I keep going back to that 2016 season when Doug was a rookie head coach and how they started hot, and then it just snowballed out of control. And they had a chance to build on the success of that young team, and they let it get out of hand. They lost, what, I think it was six out of eight down down that stretch, Lou, or six out of nine, or seven yes. out of nine. I know they only picked up two wins in that stretch. But here we are in 2021, the exact opposite, where you win – six out of eight. You had potential to win seven out of eight. You could have won eight out of eight in that Chargers game. You had a chance in all of these games, one-score games, blowout games. When you're in a one-score game and you lose, that's fine. When you're in a one-score game and you win, that's a big plus. When you're blowing out teams that you should as well, that's another big plus. That's what good teams do. And as much as there are things that make me consider this team a bad football team, they do a lot of things that good football teams do well. And there's not one great team this year, Lou. I think the Eagles, I would put them up as one of the best offensive lines in football, one of the best running games in football. And, hey, yeah. if they stick to their formula and play the way that the Eagles do and play within the way that they win, they can play with anybody, man. Oh, like yeah. I'm well, confident in I saying agree. that for sure. I think there's a long way to go with this team still. But, yeah, this isn't Washington last year winning uh, the worst division in football by far and making it just by, you mm -hmm. know, almost default. I mean, again, I don't think the Eagles are a Super Bowl contender. But like you said, in the 2021 version of the NFL where – everybody is pretty much in the same tier. I mean, every, even the great teams have had a lot of bad stretches this year. You know, even today, like the Houston Texans beat the Los Angeles chargers. I mean, there's more parody in the league today than ever. And the Eagles definitely have a chance if they can get in. So they control their own destiny, get these two wins and you're in. And if not, if you split, uh, you still have a really good chance. And that's thanks to winning six of your last eight, including today's win against the Giants, 34 to 10. Gino and I will be back tomorrow for Stock Up, Stock Down, continuing to take a look at this matchup. And then we move forward. A uh, big game against Washington next Sunday. And guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your show. We're Monday through Friday on all platforms and on YouTube and on Twitter at DBLCLOE, at GC24 underscore football, and our show page is at Locked on Birds. Enjoy the win. We'll see you tomorrow. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.